0: Welcome to another edition of the Gobesky wallace Report. My name is Charlie Wallace.
1: Mm, uh, I don't know. I'm not feeling it. Uh, hello, and welcome to the Wallace and Gobeski Guaranteed Fun Explosion! Woo! Not a guarantee. I'm Adam Gobecki.
0: And I'm Charlie Wallace. Today, we have with us four... Marvelous guests! We've got Doug Gobeski. Hello! Paul Wilcox.
2: Great to be back.
0: Brianne Gobeski.
1: Howdy.
0: And Kevin Redevog. Hello. Great to be here.
1: Are you guys ready for fun? Yes. Yeah, for sure.
0: If you insist.
1: Here on March 8th, International Women's Day.
0: Oh, it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that is the that is when we are recording this. That <laughs> is. So we're gonna talk about the Sixty-sixth installment of our Mary Marvel movie March, and the start of this year's Mary Marvel movie March Madness. Woo! Woo! It's the 2019 film Captain Marvel, a movie that debuted exactly three years ago as we record to the day. Yeah, I think I'm over yeah. the fun explosion. Let's go back to the report. No. it's too much energy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't keep this up for the three hours of recording we're going to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't taken enough uh, illicit medicines to maintain <laughs> <Yeah>. this level. <gasps>
2: Welcome to the Fun Explosion. I'm
1: Alright, so the main event. Captain Marvel. 2019 uh, MCU film. Uh, the story of one Denise, Captain Marvel who uh, has amnesia so she goes back to the 90s to... Uh, Fight oppression, things like uh, deal with Boss Nast and uh, what? No, what's it? Boss Tweed, that's his name. <clears throat> deal with Boss Tweed and Tammany Hall and fight for women's suffrage. In
3: the
1: 90s? Yeah.
2: You know, I heard Boss Nast was involved in all that as well. <laughs> <laughs> and spoiler alert, she uh,
1: she's successful because women can vote now. <clears throat> no thanks to Boss Nast. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what this movie is actually about, Brianne? Three sentences or less.
3: Captain Marvel um, is a member of the Kree Star Force and is captured and then stranded on Earth where she realizes that she actually has memories about her past, finds out that she is fighting on the wrong side of the war, and in fact, she is an Earthling, and realizes that she got all of her powers, not from the Kree, but from a cosmic explosion, and she ends up fighting the Kree to be able to save another race of the scrolls and meets friends along the way that help her.
1: There, no need to see the movie. <laughs> nice job.
3: I'm out of practice.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> had you seen the movie before,
3: Brienne? Uh, yes, I had seen it in the theaters. I'm pretty sure I saw it the weekend it came out. Uh, and Pretty sure, that's right. And then I believe we saw it again when we bought the Blu-ray. And then today.
1: I'm married to Brienne, so what she said is the same for me.
4: Yes, I had seen the movie maybe two or three times. Probably once in theaters, once in the build-up to Endgame, and then somewhere in there once with my wife. But yeah, no. I've seen it a couple times now and looking forward to talking about it.
0: This was the second time I'd seen this. The first time I saw it in theaters, I don't what? really I don't really remember why you don't see any of these movies. Yeah. I Carr and I went to see this one. Her idea or your idea? I don't even remember. It's it's just Or you just were blank. at the
1: theaters and you were like, What are we gonna see? Maybe he
0: has an amnesia. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
3: He's blocking it.
0: All right. You think someone's suppressing his memories? Mm-hmm. Could be. Just, just suppressing my memory of why I went to see one particular movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Insidious.
5: Much like Charlie, I saw it in the theaters, and I saw it again just now for this podcast.
2: Um, I uh, this was my first time. Wow. Yeah, I kind of tried watching it early in case I wasn't able to make the six thirty watch, but uh, I kept falling asleep. And then he fell asleep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was on two too this was that was too close to uh, after surgery. I was like, well, I might as well get something done. <laughs> but I was like, oh yeah, who who am I kidding? I can't sit through a two-hour movie right, stay awake through a two-hour movie right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, backstory real quick. As far as the comic book character goes, we probably have to go back to like the late nineteen thirties, early nineteen forties, when uh, a company called Fawcett. F-A-W-C-E-T-T, uh, released a character called Captain Marvel, who was basically kind of like a Superman-style superhero and uh, was incredibly popular and uh, got his own movie serial. In fact, the, he is the first superhero movie Is Captain Marvel. And DC did not like that. And so they sued Fawcett, said, You're ripping off Superman? The case took like 10 years. I mean, we'll talk more about this someday when we get to a D.C. march, but the short version is the court initially found in favor of Fawcett. Well, no, they found that, yes, it was an infringement, but D.C. hadn't properly trademarked Superman. And so, therefore, Fawcett was free to do what they wanted. That got appealed and it kind of led to some out of court settling because by the time this got to like the 50s. And uh, Captain Marvel sales weren't doing very well, and Fawcett wasn't doing very well, so they just decided to drop the whole thing. Then in the 60s, Marvel Comics comes along as Marvel Comics. They notice that uh, no one's using the Captain Marvel name, really. I guess there's a small company that's using it, but they convince them, they like give them money to stop. Because their name is Marvel, and they would like to have a character called Captain Marvel. And so... Captain Marvel is a Kree warrior named Marvel who gets sent to Earth for nefarious purposes and roughly says, "Uh, the heck with that, I'm going to defend Earth against the Kree and stuff like that. The book does okay. I think it lasts until the early 70s, something like that. Around this time, Fawcett sells the rights to its comic book characters to DC, and the best known of them is Captain Marvel. And so... Marvel, understandably, does not want their biggest competitor to put out a book called Captain Marvel. So consequently, they have to keep making new Captain Marvel characters to retain the trademark to the name Captain Marvel. So that's why there are a number of Captain Marvels floating around the Marvel universe. Uh, The one specifically that we're talking about in regards to the movie, Carol Danvers, actually starts out as a spinoff of the original Captain Marvel in a book called Ms. Marvel, Because it was 1977 and that sort of thing was very popular, you know, Ms. Magazine and stuff like that. She had previously shown up in Captain Marvel, in the original Captain Marvel book, as a supporting character. And then it was later determined she had gained some of Captain Marvel's powers and she became Ms. Marvel. Uh, She was semi-popular for a while, not an A-list character, probably barely B-list at that point. And so her book gets quietly canceled. She starts showing up in, like, Avengers and X-Men and things. She gets some name changes along the way. Binary, Warbird. Gets some new powers. uh, Gets her own powers absorbed by Rogue. So if you ever wonder why Rogue of the X-Men can fly, it's because Ms. Marvel can fly. And Rogue absorbed her powers sufficiently to retain that flight. And then, so, things kind of kept going along. Uh, They introduced more and more Captain Marvels. Ms. Marvel still remained this own thing. I think probably because she was already an established character named Ms. Marvel. So that's why they weren't just making her Captain Marvel until about the late 2000s when uh, they finally said, okay, we're going to make Carol Danvers officially Captain Marvel instead of Ms. Marvel. That's- I actually
3: just read that serial in my uh, compilation of yes. of the comics about her taking the mantle of Captain Marvel.
1: So that's the uh, roughly the comic book history of Captain Marvel, obviously very briefly and not very detailed. Oh, well. Uh, As far as the movie goes, um, basically, once Kevin Feige got the Marvel Studios out from under Ike Perlmutter, who had already basically said uh, female superhero movies won't sell because Elektra did badly and Catwoman did badly. Uh, He's also the guy who didn't want black superhero movies. And so once they got him out of the way, then they could start developing the movies they wanted, like Black Panther and this movie, Captain Marvel. And that was pretty straightforward once they had the opportunity so where should we start should we start with the opening marvel logo flip 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 flip, oh that bummed me out in a good way (laughs) yeah yeah this is the first uh marvel studios movie since stanley passed away that's why that's happening there okay
5: what what's happening for those of us who uh, are listening to this podcast months later having potentially not seen the movie recently
1: uh, instead of the usual uh, actor scenes and the letters of Marvel, they get various Stan Lee cameos and stuff. Yeah.
0: some beso- behind the scenes footage with the, him and uh, the actors and, and such.
1: I didn't really bum me out. I was just like, Oh, I think cause I'd already been bummed out
3: by that point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we've seen a couple of sure. movies already <laughs> that yeah. got us bummed out about Stan.
3: It's interesting cause he hadn't, he was still filmed in that.
0: Yeah.
1: He's still in the movie.
3: But by the time the movie had come out, they had, he had passed away.
1: And I assume Paul's going to want a deep dive on that. But
2: mm-hmm. Oh, wait, what? On the,
1: oh. Oh. Because... Where, he's on the, where he's on the bus or the, the train um, reading the Mall Rat script where he's Stan Lee, creator of such characters as Spider-Man and such. Oh. <laughs> so I assumed Paul would want to do a deep dive into the weeds of uh, how that would be possible.
2: <laughs> yeah, wait
1: a second. But I guess it's only just occurred to him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, he could just be somebody who is auditioning for Mallrats, and Mallrats is different in this universe.
5: No, no, no. You just just (laughs) go with the the Logan rule, which is this stuff really happened, and the comic books really exist, but the comic books don't really tell you how the stuff really
0: happened. Oh. What do you want to talk about? It's set in the 90s.
2: 1995. So this is what some people feel when they watch Stranger Things or whatever. <laughs> 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 like, okay, this is more relevant
1: to me. <laughs> was everyone here born before the movie was set? Oh, yeah. Is there anyone oh, yeah. born after the movie was set?
5: No, I don't have any of my friends here this time. So we all That's vaguely remember saying? 1995.
2: Then. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I remember when True Lies came out.
3: I said you could tell the... Posters on the wall in the blockbuster. There was Babe.
2: Oh, nice.
3: (laughs) Um, And I wonder if there are any. If it really did that, true. If you were to look at all the VHSs and see if they truly were like, if there were any anachronisms in there.
2: Yeah, I was. I was looking closely, but I was just thinking, like,
1: man, it was somebody's job to have to go source like
0: pristine
1: condition VHS tapes.
0: Probably not any problems in that scene in particular pristine condition though well no not pristine condition yeah probably a lot of recreations
1: (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, Yeah. i thought about that but i was like would it be easier to fake it i feel like it might just be easier just to track down (laughs) you know a box lot of vhs tapes on ebay and then just go through them
2: i would think someone in hollywood would know like a real life greg turkington already. (laughs) (laughs) actually
1: yeah, maybe they have their own personal, like, physical media vaults.
2: Yeah, I mean, they could have, they could have, yeah, there could be an an archive or something that they you know have access to for just such purposes.
5: But was it probably just called up Greg Turkington?
2: <laughs> yeah, he pulled him out of like his milk crates. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He drove over in the mobile uh, <laughs> archives. <laughs>
3: Well, the whole blockbuster scene made me think, like, at the time this movie was made, there was only, there's only one blockbuster left. Is that blockbuster still going? Last I checked, it was. I know it, and that was during the pandemic, because I watched a documentary about it. But uh, I was curious to see if they borrowed anything from them.
1: So Charlie hasn't driven that one out of business, too? Nope. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Working on it. (laughs) He just goes by with, like, signs that just say, like... Netflix exists. You can stream on your phone now. <laughs> watch movies the way David Lynch wants you to watch them.
0: Hey, man, don't go in and rent something. Just pay me a couple bucks. You can watch it on my phone right here in the parking
2: lot. <laughs> here, I'll, I'll stand uh, so so block the sun here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did anyone not know that it was set in the 90s? before getting to the blockbuster scene
2: i had no idea actually was
0: it in the trailers did
1: they
4: focus on anything like that
1: i believe the blockbuster got either trailer coverage or press coverage that they had recreated the
0: blockbuster and such i knew they were de-aging sam jackson so i think that's where i was like okay yeah i know it's gonna be in the past anyway
4: they did a spectacular job de-aging him just like to his appearance. But anytime he had to do anything remotely action-y, he did it like like the oldest man. Like the fight scene, anytime he was running, it was very noticeable. <laughs> the, the CGI was amazing, but like truly anytime he had to move, it was distracting to me.
3: I thought I'd be the only one that noticed that because in the fight scene in the records room at yeah, the yeah. facility... He mm-hmm. punched like he was.
4: It's the slowest not, punch. Like yeah. it just—he does not sell it at all. And yeah, again, I'm glad someone else noticed.
1: Are <laughs> huh. sure I, Sam I, Jackson's I, a fast puncher? Maybe he's just a telegrapher.
4: I guess that's very <laughs> possible. Maybe Samuel Jackson has always been terrible at fighting. <laughs>
5: <laughs> you know, I did not pick up on that
2: at all. I didn't. I didn't notice either. Should yeah, you think, watch it again, the
4: the fight scene and anytime he has to run, he has a distinct like something is wrong with this young man. <laughs> kind of look about him?
2: You know, I think that maybe you know we just get an overinflated idea of how young men should look. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh no, am I body shaming young Samuel L. Jackson?
0: That's maybe oh, that's just a normal dad. guy and not like <laughs> yeah. a movie star. <laughs> yeah,
2: <is> very ableist. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think in that scene, I was more paying attention to the sort of trope reversal where he's essentially the damsel in distress.
3: Gay trope.
1: Reversal. <laughs> oh yeah,
3: that actually happens a lot in the movie.
1: Like he has to be rescued by a lot. Veers at that point because mm-hmm. otherwise he's going to be killed and such,
0: or captured, mm-hmm. etc. Yeah, and his uh, fingerprint trick was completely unnecessary.
5: <laughs> uh, <that laughs> yeah, was good. I still enjoyed it.
3: <laughs> so here's the problem with the fingerprint trick. Had he had used the non-adhesive side of the tape, it would have made sense. But because of the way that he picked up the print on the tape, the fingerprint was backwards.
2: Oh! When they put oh. it on the scanner, I was also wondering if it he, he would have had to put his thumb on top of the tape to like oh, have so some lights. kind of body heat or capacitive, you know?
5: He did oh, rub on. it. That's right. Or
2: just light blocking. It's yeah. 1995.
5: They weren't that great with it, were they?
2: <laughs> yeah, biometrics were even worse uh, back then. <laughs>
5: They, they didn't did not... have touch
2: ID. ID. Me. Oh, there weren't like, they didn't no, have like, like the... uh, RFID chips or whatever just in badges yet? Uh,
3: should we talk about Brie Larson at all? Can I talk about Brie Larson? Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> We're first really. episode <laughs> about Captain Marvel. I don't know. <laughs>
5: Fury only.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, well, no. Jude Law was yeah. <laughs> also in this film.
1: You can talk. You can talk about Fury, Jude Law, Lee Pace. That's it. <laughs> so what about the other guy, the, ben Mendelsohn, the guy ben f- Mendelsohn? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Ben Mendelssohn. Yeah, we talk about him. The Jerome the other treat.
5: That's the one.
1: That's the one. The guy from Guardians
3: of the Galaxy.
5: The one who didn't know who Star Lord was.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> Took me forever to figure out that that was where I'd seen him before.
3: I'm just glaring at Adam right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine why. I know. Yeah, we can talk about Brie Larson, so of course. <laughs>
3: I just need to say, so Brie Larson's actually one of my favorite actresses in general. So when she came out as Captain Marvel, I got really, really excited, especially since finally someone has the correct, she has the correct spelling of her name.
1: (laughs) What does that mean?
3: So Brie Larson is short for Brienne, and she does spell it the way that I spell my name, B-R-I-A-N-N-E. And she's the first like that I've seen in the major media that spells her name correctly. Um, in my opinion,
1: which is right. Cause you're on this podcast. <laughs> yep.
3: So I, uh, exactly this coming from the girl who has never been able to find her name spelled correctly on any vanity, anything
1: ever.
5: Bort, <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> come along Bort. <laughs> you talking to me? <laughs> no, my son is also named Bort.
3: Um, in fact, I think I had seen Brie Larson in, uh, it's called the unicorn store. Which is actually where she, I believe, either met or for the first time acted with Samuel L. Jackson, which is really neat to see them then again acting as Fury and Captain Marvel. But she still has that same deadpan comedic delivery that I just absolutely love. And she's kind of like the everyday woman. She reminds me a lot of myself. And so it's kind of neat to see myself almost Like, I could be a superhero, which was really neat to see her embody that feeling. It's so much different than Elektra was the other female superhero at this point, right? With its own Oh, Wonder Woman. Oh, and then Wonder Woman. Had Wonder Woman come out yet?
1: Yeah, that was 2017. Okay. Not Wonder Woman 84, just Wonder Woman.
5: I mean, there's there's (laughs) Black Widow in the Avengers.
3: And there's Scarlet Witch, too, at this point. But they didn't have their own featured film. They were always supporting casts.
1: I got you
3: right. So this is the first time since man and the Wasp. It's true. Again, not her own movie. Maybe. That's fair. Basically, where she gets to kick butt and take names, and I just absolutely loved her performance.
1: Yeah, she's not totally deadpan though, right? Like when she's being a smarmy, right? She has that little like smile that I actually really liked that. I can see why yeah. maybe you wouldn't like. You'd be like, ah, you remind me of so many people I hate. But for me, it was good. <laughs>
3: And maybe it's because that's how it's a very similar style to like my style of, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know. It's just, she reminded me so much of me and women of like women around my age right now. And it I could really connect with her as Captain Marvel. And I'm also a huge Captain Marvel fan too. So for her, the two of them to kind of come together was really exciting.
0: Yeah. I thought she was great. I loved her character and just the confidence that she has the whole time. And even with this whole plot about gaslighting and, people trying to keep her down like it's almost impossible for them to do it i don't know and she seems like she's having a lot of fun too beating the crap out of people like it's not just her duty or her business or whatever it's like yeah this is who she is and she's having a great time you said duty or business
3: (laughs) you know it was also nice to see that they didn't pick someone that was the comic book stereotype of captain marvel what do you mean by that uh, body figure wise drawn specifically to be interesting for men. There's small waist, big chest, you know, all of those voluptuous hair, like over the top. She was very, I, I, the best way I can say is she felt like the everyday woman. Like anyone really could have been, could be in her shoes. And it it's just really empowering to see that they were able to pick someone that wasn't your stereotype, beautiful bombshell, that they picked someone like her who was very um, who was really able to capture that image.
0: When she's taken captive and she escapes and she has the two like pipes on her arms, it just felt like like Metroid. <laughs> it just felt like Samus. <laughs> that's all I thought about the whole time. And I'm like, but that's still fantastic.
2: <laughs> what, if, what if you had Samus guns, but it meant that you couldn't fire projectiles? <laughs>
0: yeah, like the blue bodysuit. Yeah, yeah.
2: I liked how even with the
1: power dampers, I guess, on her hands. Like she's still like kicking ass and beating up just tons of scrolls back when we we're expected to yeah, like that. them. <laughs> back when,
2: back when like we could that. identify them. Yeah, I kept thinking back to like the when they all basically like decloak themselves and the just the whole shot is like basically just felt like it was a shot from like Lord of the Rings or something. Like, here's a bunch of orcs, they're all bad. Like everything about it is like these are the bad guys. Like I just kept thinking back to that like after the later events of the plot. I was like, oh, okay. I'm going to have to go back and look at that and be like, yep, they still look like the bad guy back
1: then. One of the things that I find interesting about this movie is how it seems to be scripted in a way not just to preserve the twist for the general audience, but also to trick people who are familiar with the comic books. Because so a couple things come to mind. The big one is that in the comic books, the Skrulls typically are evil, like they are the villains. And then the Kree kind of go back and forth depending on which particular Kree you're following at any given moment. Some of them are bad. Some of them aren't as bad, that kind of thing. So that for someone like me who was like, oh, yeah, I know about the Skrulls. They're bad, right? Like when the twist comes that they're just refugees trying to st- get out of uh occupied territory so they can just live their lives. Like I did not see that coming. Like I thought that was really well done. And then the other thing that, in in terms of like trying to, I don't know if tricks the right word, but I'm going to use a trick the comic book fans like Jude Law's character. If you were someone who knew about the comic books, but had only like maybe seen the trailers, right? The movie is designed to trick you as a comic book fan into thinking that Jude Law's character is the original captain Marvel, you know, that he's like, her friend and mentor guidance and stuff like that. And if you notice, they never actually call him by name until the heel turn happens. Right. At which point they then call him Jan Rog, who is a Captain Marvel villain. But up to that point, they don't clue in the comic book fans that that's what's happening.
4: Uh, unless, side note, you watch it with closed captions on, as I did, in which they call him Jan Rog literally every time he talks. So oh. I guess that was lost <laughs> on me a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well. I assume they don't have closed captions typically in the movie. Theater, in the theaters,
4: probably yeah.
2: not. Yes, that's fair.
3: But was that around the same time that you find out that when they call uh, Wendy uh, Lawson Marvell, that didn't trigger you that maybe he would have been the villain? Because I don't think that was the same time. I think they introduced her as mar Yeah,
1: but I think those kind of happen at roughly the same time. At the point at which you find out she's Marvell, like you find out Jude Law's... The bad guy pretty close after that. Because I think it's that same scene where she's remembering the uh, the plane crash, the way it actually happened, like the whole thing.
3: And that's when he comes through the smoke. Yeah. And you see that it was him.
1: Yeah. And I like the detail of how, like, as she remembers it throughout the movie, like the details change. Like the initial memory, like her dream, right? Like she has blue blood. She imagines a scroll or she remembers a scroll in the dream.
4: Yeah, I like that too. The flashback scenes and I guess whatever they did to her memory, the revisiting of the memories by the scrolls. I I liked all of those scenes a lot, especially where they're kind of like going through her memories, commenting on them, replaying them. But that was kind of trippy. I enjoyed it.
3: It was a nice way of giving exposition without forcing it on you. Right. This is an origin story, but it's not because she's already gone through everything. Everything's already happened. And the origin kind of gets unveiled to not only her, but also to the audience at the same time, which is kind of neat. We're kind of going along with her on that journey.
1: Yeah. Young young Carol Danvers is played by McKenna Grace, who is uh, Egon's granddaughter in uh, the new Ghostbusters movie. Hmm. I don't know if I knew would say her hair is different, and she's not wearing glasses. But
4: I think of all the flashback bits, and probably my favorite moment in the movie is—I don't remember exactly what's happening. She's she's talking with the Supreme Intelligence, and they say basically you're just a dumb human or whatever. And then it kind of flashes back to like all of the times that she's fallen in the past, but then like got back up afterwards. I thought that was a that was a really nice moment to kind of crystallize the message that they were trying to get across with the movie.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
3: And it's it's interesting because I actually wrote a note about that down. And from my personal experience, I've experienced something similar to every single one of those memories as a woman, especially like the guys laughing, the guys making fun, the guys poke, you know, saying you can't do this. This is for men only. Like I've lived that, and so it's almost even. Kind of using the issue of human also as a female, being able to pick herself back up. And just that moment of her standing up, I'm just like, yeah, the whole time, like, do it. Um, (laughs) Because I've experienced that even recently, I've still experienced that exact same feeling of the standing, picking yourself up. You can't put me down. I'm going to fight. I'm going to keep going. Literally last week, I already I experienced something like that too. So seeing it today, I'm just like, this is the perfect thing for me to watch right now. <laughs> <laughs>
4: nice,
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: That's both interesting and fantastic to hear. I'll I'll be completely honest. This I wouldn't say it's my favorite Marvel movie. I, it's not like my least favorite. Just it it never really resonated with me, and it reminded me a little bit of uh, when I watched Luke Cage the 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 Netflix series and the i mean the former
1: netflix uh, series <laughs> yeah, now
4: the uh, disney plus series i don't know if it's quite made the move yet but i
1: think it's got a couple days still but yeah sure
4: i mean even hearing you talk about it it's it's just kind of that moment of this movie is not necessarily aimed at me and i can still enjoy it and i'm okay with that but it's it's fantastic to hear it resonating at a a deeper level you know with with the target market
3: well, what's interesting, so that last scene where he stands up and he tries to continue to gaslight her. Um, yeah, the that character. was good. <laughs> I.
1: Where, yeah, I just like the, where he's just like, I don't think I can win this. Maybe I can psychologically <laughs> <Yeah. do it." laughs>
3: Right, I'm going to get her. And then she's just like, and the line, I, I, I need it like tattooed on me maybe because it's so perfect that she's just like basically shut the hell up. Uh, seriously, and you know, I don't need to prove myself to you. I literally sat on the couch, and this is the second third time I've seen this, screaming at him, going, You bleep and bleep and bleeping, bleepin', what the hell?
5: <laughs> you male <laughs> how, pig. Yeah, <laughs> how
3: dare you? Knowing that's the reaction I'm supposed to have, right? So it's enlisting like exactly what I'm supposed to feel because I've been there and I've had that moment and I've even said the whole thing like, who are you like compared to me? Go away. And the moment she just it was kind of like the Indiana Jones moment where he shoots the 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 bandit in the the marketplace kind of has that same feeling like this whole like just shut up
1: oh so brie larson had diarrhea
3: (laughs) (laughs) never know
0: i guess that's true could be an emergency in
3: that suit you know gotta get (laughs) get done
0: i like to imagine all actors in every movie i'm watching having diarrhea (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like,
2: that's I his
1: mean, that's his hobby is
2: there a single unpooped superhero costume <laughs> out there? I think not <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> I thought the
0: the gaslighting stuff was pretty clever too just that I mean because that's the sort of line that in other movies is taken as true like oh you can't be so emotional you have to use your brain and like Star Wars sort of stuff right? so like even the audience kind of buys into that initially. Like, Star yeah, you can't Wars sort of stuff. Yeah. Don't give it into your hate. Right. Oh, or whatever. Gotcha. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like a guy calling a woman too emotional t- to be effective. And so when you come back to it, you're like, oh yeah.
4: It's interesting how they integrated, you know, women's issues into the movie compared to like, um, let's say Black Panther where, you know, race was literally like the, the motivating factor for the villain here you know, it was just kind of a fact of Carol's life. Like it, it, it certainly went into the conflict, but I mean, the broader conflict was Cree versus the Skrull. It was just on top of that, she had to deal with all of these assholes who have been treating her that way in some form or another, her entire life.
3: And you're right. It was, it is nice to see that it was, but it wasn't the main focus. It's like, if you look at it, you can see it, but the focus was just this really, you know, really awesome woman that's kicking butt. And, and the more that you peel back the onions, the more you see, it, you're like, oh, wow, they really did hit that hard, didn't they?
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah, actually, I'm realizing how, uh, like, a lot of this I didn't really pick up on. Because also in the background, it's just, like, kind of a well-done story. It's good getting, a you know, a, a more in-depth uh, analysis of that.
1: Yeah, it is interesting in some ways how, for large parts of the movies, it's almost like a
2: buddy comedy but with like oh, yeah, Samuel yeah. L Jackson yeah, as the yeah. sidekick they're they were great together from the get go
3: and they're close friends so like you could tell that their relationship just worked so well on screen
2: <laughs> and he
0: called her you look like someone's disaffected niece <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in, the, yeah, in,
2: in the flannel the, the 9 inch nails shirt
0: <laughs> yeah it was good to have Samuel L. Jackson have a large A very large part in the movie. I mean, he's always he's been in a lot of the other movies up to this point, obviously, but not so much of a huge part.
1: Yeah, not as uh, not carrying as much of the movie as he does here. Yeah,
0: exactly.
3: The softer side of Sam. You kind of see you see the silliness come from him, the joking. You it's kind of his or Nick Fury's origin story too. You know, you get to see him being silly with the cat and laughing, and you know, having excitement while also getting his butt kicked.
1: And I don't (laughs) remember which movie it is maybe kevin remembers but like when they ask him in one of the other movies how he lost his
4: eye he says something like he trusted someone or he shouldn't have or something like that winter soldier i think the last time i trusted someone i lost an eye i don't remember the context but
1: yeah and so it was kind of fun to see it come full circles like that's what actually (laughs) happened
2: oh yeah and they even (laughs) and they even do the fake out like oh i guess it could have been because he trusted agent colson that wasn't actually colson and then you know hurts his eye in the car accident but then he pulls the bag off it and he's like no it's fine
3: i like that it cuts to the scroll the guy going oh no like after his eye got scratched
1: (laughs) you know splurking scratches are no joke
5: (laughs) probably the only thing i had to add the the end where jude law was like basically like Hey, you know, fight me mano a mano without your superpowers. I didn't read that as, like, gaslighting or stuff. I just read that as he he had, like, a narrow worldview. And, like, he he just simply wanted everything to fit into that worldview. And Captain Marvel was like, nah, I'm good.
1: I don't think it's about a worldview. I think it's literally that he realizes... If I, you know, try and use my fancy weapons, I can't beat her. But if I try to do on-powered hand-to-hand combat, I can win. And so he's trying to goad her into that.
5: See, I, I don't read it that way. I, I read it as he's looking for a fair fight.
1: All right, let's take a vote. Um, I guess the vote would then be, well, he's doing it because he wants a fair fight or he's trying to manipulate her. All in favor of fair fight? Aye. Manipulate? Aye. 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 Abstaining? <laughs> All right. So, Doug, your opinion is valid, but it may be the minority re- opinion, it sounds like.
5: <laughs> you like, see me, you hear me,
0: my opinion is valid. Thank you. <laughs> the- <laughs> it's all Doug wanted this whole time.
2: <laughs> when I knew that Jude Law was down on the surface and she left him there to while well, she went up and did all kinds of like superman levels of like space flying and taking on a whole fleet of ships and all that stuff i still kind of like my mind thought, like, oh, there's going to be, like, a traditional showdown slugfest between her and, you know, her former mentor. That's what normally happens, you know? And I feel like there was just kind of, like, a... When she just rejected, like, his framing of that, I felt like it was an especially... Like, it actually subverted my expectations. Like, oh, yeah. Like, then when you see that he clearly sees he's outmatched and uh, decides as a last-ditch effort to see if he can... Uh, managed to get her to voluntarily not use a power that's clearly superior to his then it, it all kind of dawned on me anyways
5: so i'm probably in the minor the extreme minority here uh but the oh scrolls are not the villains turn uh i didn't buy it in the theater i kept waiting for the other shoe to drop and even this time knowing that there wasn't another shoe going to drop I still didn't buy
2: it. You know, I I was. It took me a while. Like I was pretty skeptical. Like I I don't think I was a hundred percent. Like okay, this isn't gonna be like a double double cross type thing. Um, I think at least it didn't happen for me in that like very scene. You know, I wasn't like a hundred percent. Like okay, paradigm shift.
1: I mean, the it movie comes clear
2: gradually over the next several scenes. Like okay, yeah.
1: The movie certainly encourages you in the first half or whatever to treat the skulls as the villains and so you know depending on how deeply you buy into that that might make the the turn too, harder,
5: deeply. Harder too to,
1: deeply to grasp i will say watching it in the theaters knowing what i knew about the scrolls i also was sort of waiting for the double double cross the, the triple cross.
2: <laughs> <Yep>. the uncross
1: <laughs> It just makes me think of the part of Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull, the movie we all think about constantly <laughs> where uh, uh Mac betrays Indy, but then betrays the Russians, but then betrays Indy again. And Indy's like, so this is like a, a what a double triple cross. And Max was like, no, I was just lying about the first one. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so when it didn't, so the first time I was also sort of waiting for that, potential swing back and when it didn't happen i had to re-examine my comic book biases and realize that <laughs> that i think because a because the movie treats them as villains in the first half and b because the scrolls in the comic books are more or less the villains and honestly i don't know if i can think of any appearances offhand in which the scrolls aren't the villains yeah so because of that i had that natural bias that i had to overcome the first time but now knowing the twist it's easier for me to buy into that now I think
4: I think and, they've announced a secret invasion Disney plus show though so y- your bias might be confirmed yet
5: one can only hope
3: <laughs> well I mean there's still a war going on right this is well yes the Cre or the the scrolls are kind of all over right it had it started at the first place and the history is told is always one-sided it's always based on the person that's telling the story. So in the eyes of this world they are the victims. In the eyes of the Cree, like they, they they are righteous. They believe that they are. So in war it's everything gets mixed up because at some point you're just killing. He even makes a reference yep. of it that he's even done things that he isn't proud of. You know, his you know, his name is even bloody.
5: You know, I think you've got a good point there because the music is nice and triumphant or whatever, you know, essentially tells you to cheer it on as she literally murders an entire cruiser full of Cree soldiers. So, yeah, I think you're right. It is, you know, a matter of who's telling the story.
3: And she just switches sides from which side of the story is being told. I mean, if you look at it, I who's to say that not there isn't some or that it all started from a legit. Place?
1: And there, and there were certainly at the time not specific about that, but I think in a more general sense there were criticisms that this was essentially pro-military propaganda.
5: It's literally ways. Air Force recruiting material,
1: right? Which I think is justified. Uh, the only reason I hesitate a bit on that is because that is how the comics are, certainly by the Kelly uh, Sue DeConnick run, which what this is largely based on. Because so, Kelly Sue DeConnick was, I think, the daughter of an Air Force. Uh, pilot so she was trying to incorporate some of her experiences and her father's experiences into carol danvers character so so while yes uh i can easily see how it's uh propaganda how it's recruitment material it's not like it's not true to the comic book i guess is my point point. and then whether or not that means the comic book is also recruitment in the material and propaganda i mean that's probably a conversation for another time once we've all sat down and read all the comic books and can have an informed discussion. Unless we want to bring back one of Paul's favorite segments out of our wheelhouse with Paul Wilcox.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> where we all talk about, about things that. we don't know about, <laughs> where we talk authoritatively about things we know nothing about. I'm yeah. i ready so. to bring
2: that segment back. Just not today. <laughs> But yeah, so like that
1: propaganda sort of interpretation, uh, I think, yeah, the triumphant killing of all the
4: Korea soldiers reinforces that. That was a long way of getting to that. For what it's worth, though, I mean, I I 100% hear where you're coming from on the propaganda front, but it does kind of get across the point of don't just blindly follow orders. I mean, with where she started in the movie versus where she ended up when she was examining like, oh, maybe the Skrull are not necessarily the villains. You're right. I mean, exploding a ship full of people, hooray, doesn't exactly mesh with that, but at least she's made her own decision as to who the bad guys are rather than just following orders. And she apologizes later. Here you go.
2: I mean, she doesn't explode every ship. I was kind of waiting for her to do that.
4: Well, Ronan has to make it to Guardians of the Galaxy, so he got to leave. <laughs> <laughs>
2: okay. I was like, do yeah, it now. Should. Like you're clearly like <laughs> you're OP AF <laughs> right now. Like take out all these ships. And yeah, I want to talk a little
1: conflicts. bit uh, <laughs> I wanna talk a little bit about Ronan's appearance and how it essentially turns into this sort of weird, glorified cameo. Where in some ways it's like reminding you like, oh, this is before Guardians of the Galaxy. Here's Ronan, and now he's gone
3: pre-black makeup Ronin
1: yeah and I don't know in some ways it feels like the setup to a sequel film that from what I've heard doesn't sound like the sequel film we're actually getting
4: that line at the end where he was going to come back for the weapon or the woman however he phrases it yeah right and so I was sort of
1: yeah I was like I was envisioning like Captain Marvel 2 would be like what was Captain Marvel doing while you know Loki was bringing in the Chitauri during the original Avengers movie or something like that, right? And it would be fighting Ronan. But it sounds like what we're getting is a Captain Marvel sequel that is uh, set contemporary with the other Phase 4 Marvel movies. Uh, except for Black Widow, because that's four. But like Shang-Chi and the end of Eternals and stuff like that.
3: That's kind of sad, because part of the charm of this movie is that are all of those little pieces from the past, the internet, the loading the pager
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i did disagree with that though it does not take that long to boot up cd player
2: <laughs> yeah i i thought it was interesting that they're like all right let's go to my computer shed and put the put the, the audio cd into the pc while while her daughter's outside listening on like a discman. <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a CD-ROM. You know, they were going to have to drag some files somewhere.
1: Do some defrag.
2: Yeah. They'd be like, oh, what format are these in?
1: not OGG. All right, (laughs) let me go try and find a codec. Does
2: that even exist? It's just one giant WAV file that takes up the whole disk.
3: (laughs) Yeah. That's (laughs) probably likely. (laughs) Well, probably is. I like that she was searching on AltaVista.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, an internet cafe while uh I was really trying to figure out what song was playing in the internet cafe.
1: You got to be. Was it you got to be? Connection
2: by by Elastica? Oh, is that the song that's playing then?
1: Yeah, first part of If, if reason, whatever I'm...
2: this, you know, top Google result is to be trusted. Okay.
1: Yeah, for some reason I thought it was you got to be maybe playing in the background.
2: That was in yeah, Des Desiree, yeah, that was that was when that was uh, like, she first gets to, like, her uh Maria Rambo's hangar. Oh, is that what it was? Her, oh, her private, like, that's what was playing. Gotcha.
5: It, by the way, I don't know that you should trust just the first Google hit. It's no Alta Vista.
2: <laughs> no.
0: Yeah, you really gotta ask Chiefs. Alta Vista returns just two. Just the two best results.
5: It's all you need! <laughs>
3: it's all you need! Well, and speaking of the music... I really liked that most of them were the power female songs of the 90s like Waterfalls from TLC and
1: some Garbage some Hole Yeah. Yeah. No kind doubt. of
3: added a nice little touch.
1: Oh, was there no Yeah, doubt? they really they really there. nailed yeah. our generation
2: there. Uh. I'm just a girl oh, just during a girl. The yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Tragic Kingdoms 95, right?
2: Yep. So, yeah. Oh, whereas, uh, whereas Celebrity skin by Hole is 1998, so that would be the anachronistic track there.
1: Well, but that's not uh,
2: diegetic, right? That's oh, just, that's true. That's that was credits, only just so. at the end, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. They did, yeah, th- they did their homework.
1: Yeah, I thought the music choices generally were pretty good. Like, definitely putting in that 90s mindset without being too sort of on the nose.
0: And, like, it felt like generally they were appropriately chosen songs. But at the same time, all... Completely recognizable, instantly. Yeah, yeah I like 1995. Too. Yeah,
3: yeah. We haven't really talked about her sidekick, uh, the uh,
0: goose, her friend, or goose, oh, goose. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. Monica,
3: <laughs> Maria Rambo, Maria Rambo, and Monica,
2: <laughs>
1: or goose, yeah. or goose. So, you want to start with goose or Maria Rambo? We
2: should probably start with Maria Rambo, so that we uh, finish with so goose. What? Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know. Is Maria Rambo uh, from the comics? I know her daughter is. Captain Marvel at one point. Yeah.
3: Monica it, One
1: Ram- one of the many, many Captain Marvels.
3: Yeah, because Monica Rambo is actually Captain Marvel before Carol Danvers takes on the mantle.
1: Yeah, I think Monica Rambo's the second Captain Marvel after Marvel, which is uh originally a male because it was nineteen sixty eight, but is basically the Annette Benning sort of character ish.
3: Uh yeah, Annette Benning is definitely a combination of that and yeah. The character of Helen Cobb in the comics. And
1: then so Monica Rambeau is the second Captain Marvel after Marvel dies in the early 80s. Spoiler alert, I guess. Question. Hmm. He dies of cancer, right? Yep. Okay. And I believe he's one of the rare comic book characters who is still more or less dead. Uh,
5: yeah, kinda.
1: Like when they bring him back, it's either a flashback or like or, a time shift or it turns out he's a scroll.
5: Or it's the parallel universe where they uh, they're so upset that they defeat death itself in order to bring
1: him back. Is that a what if?
5: No, that's actually the uh, the origin of the cancer verse.
1: Mm. Oh, all these things that we're learning about, like that there's a cancer verse.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to kill things in a, from the cancer verse because there's no death.
4: When are we get that Disney Plus that. show. <laughs> yeah, right. They bring That's in Thanos. Is that right? They bring in Thanos to deal with it? I think so.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. I'm, I'm so happy you know this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> but,
1: but yeah, Maria and Monica Rambo.
3: I thought they were great. I loved the dynamic between the two, the mother and the daughter. I also thought there was a great chemistry between Maria and Carol as well.
1: And Monica and Carol. And
3: Monica and Carol. I mean, you definitely have that. chosen family feel amongst the three of them which i thought was kind of was really beautiful that carol has that is the aunt but she's also very much a maternal figure in her life as well and i i I just liked the way that they bantered back and forth with each other the way that really good friends absolutely would and i liked monica's comment to her mother think about what kind of example you are setting for your daughter
0: Yeah, I was I thought that I like that, but I thought it was a little weird. She's she was like, I don't want to risk my life because I want someone to be around for you. And I was kinda of like, Well, you know, you're a fighter pilot, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of doing that retired. all the time, so yeah. <laughs> Test pilot. She's retired. Test pilot's. Yeah, test pilot, yeah, a test pilot <laughs> yeah, not
2: like, a fire not a fighter pilot. It... <laughs>
0: Right. Still very dangerous.
2: My, is it worth having my mom around if she's going to be such a coward? <laughs>
3: <laughs> but it also showed how much her daughter understood about doing the right thing mm-hmm. yeah. as well. Yeah. Like being that person to put yourself forward. Like the fact that she gave her that permission to do so I thought was really, was really beautiful. And the little smirk from Carol, the thumbs up next to her. <laughs> yeah, was the icing on the cake. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, a really good, really good dynamic between the three of them,
3: and her dynamic with uh Samuel L. Jackson too. With Nick Fury, I thought was great when they were trying to escape Ooh. uh Maria Rambo.
1: Okay, That's sorry, just a lot of characters floating around.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, Maria Rambo, and you know, in the whole scene with Goose and the Tess like just the three of them. Well, you know, because of course Goose had a big part to play but the dynamics between all three of those guys as they're trying to escape the basically the humans trying to get out of the overpowered craziness let's get out of here alive was i thought was was great between the three of them
0: and then goose speaking of
2: (laughs) we don't want to cut goose for time
0: no (laughs) goose is great and
1: yeah the interactions with between nick fury and uh and goose Really enjoyable parts of the movie, I felt.
2: Yeah, I feel like we really learned about how much of a cat person Nick Fury is. Just... Or at least was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I liked all the scenes where it was a real cat, and I liked all the scenes where it was obviously an alien. I'm not sure I was the biggest fan of like where it was a CGI cat. I'm like, that's <laughs> very CGI, like when CGI they cat. First, uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: When they first go into <laughs> space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still laughed at that, (laughs) but but I was like, "Yeah, that's nice, nice CGI cat."
3: (laughs) It wasn't real. What? And
0: later, when they reveal like it actually is a flurgan, I was like, "Well, of course, like that cat would be freaking out a lot more than that for a real cat."
2: Okay, no wonder it was kind of like oddly animated like that. Aliens are just <laughs> like that. <laughs> At least from my experience, they all are like really flexible, you know.
0: So, is there any part of the movie that you want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet?
1: I just really liked the scene where they are in the bar, uh, panchos, Ponchos. ponchos. Yeah. yeah, where uh, Carol Danvers and Nick Fury are sort of like quizzing each other. And Nick Fury is telling her things about himself. And then he's like, prove you're, you know, not a squirrel." And she shoots the jukebox. And he's just like, how does that prove anything? (laughs) 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 I enjoyed that.
5: One criticism that I had uh, had to do with the Cree Supreme Intelligence.
1: <laughs> Doug, I was this disappointed. Is, what did you <laughs> like? That's not what Charlie said. Oh, that's not what Charlie said. Yeah,
5: that's said. not what he uh, said. Um, left
1: that door open. This is what yep. happens when you start yep. with a guaranteed fun explosion. <laughs> yep.
5: I was hoping for a gigantic floating head inside a tank with tentacle hair.
1: So you wanted the comic
3: book. Yeah.
5: Yeah. So I was just like, ah, shucks. This feels like Galactus being a big cloud in space. (laughs) However, however, one thing that I really liked was when uh, Captain Marvel was trying out different colorways, I guess, for her suit. You know, um, one of the colorways she tries is, you know, the the classic green and white. And that was just kind of a a chef's kiss moment there for fans of the comics, at least. (laughs) Big fan of that. Also as a Spartan.
4: I think when she's going through the different colors, she also iterates through the, like, Miss Marvel black and yellow. Although she's wearing pants, which slightly (laughs) differentiates the... (laughs) Exactly, yeah.
3: There's actually two scenes that I kind of wanted to mention. The one where I'm not sure if it was actually written in the script or if it's Samuel L. Jackson just ad-libbing was during the medical examiner scene. Oh. Where they lift the blanket? Oh, fight. Yeah. yeah. Part of me wondered
1: if that was an ad lib or if that was in the script. It kind Brilliant. of felt like an ad lib.
0: Yeah. I read something that said it was an ad lib. <laughs> <laughs> because
3: I'm like, what? That just was like, if it was in the script, it was on un- I was like, why was that even in there? But then to think it was an ad lib just makes it hilarious. So. <laughs> and the idea
0: then that Ben Mendelssohn's character has to be like, pretending to be fascinated by it <laughs> but really he's like yeah that's what it looks like yeah. <laughs> i would know
3: so there's that scene and then the other one i was going to say is actually speaking of uh ben Mendelssohn playing um the scroll.
1: talos tanos talos, T- right. talos talos, talos. 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 Tal-
3: yeah. the scene the scene of them in the plane where they're talking about kind of like about him and his shape shifting and they are like throwing things at him and he's just like, why can you be a filing cabinet? Why, why, why would I want to be a filing cabinet? The delivery to me <laughs> was so on point, but it made me think so much that that would be the part like Paul could recreate that so well. <laughs> it's just the whole time I'm listening. I'm like, this is like I'm listening to Paul having a conversation <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs>
0: Uh I'm also going to go with uh Ben Mendelsohn. Basically, like once he has his turn with the the cup of soda, sipping out of that, and he just gets to be funny for most of the rest of the movie. Yeah, this is a like funny that. And movie. The, the science, he's got the science guy and <laughs>
1: and it's not like Marvel quippy funny, it's more like funny funny.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. Like humor feels like it's coming more naturally from the characters and the situations. Not that I, you know, I don't mind the Marvel quippiness, but it's not really what's happening here that, as much.
2: Yeah, it felt more natural than kind of more that classic, like, record stop kind of kind yeah. of humor in the middle of, like, extremely dramatic situations. It was more like kind of natural banter.
5: I, I feel like I'm being coerced here into giving it a
0: higher score than I otherwise would. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering, diagnose the difference between the word convinced and coerced. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's nothing malicious here, Doug. We're just <laughs> saying we like the movie. Oh well, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. Back at the beginning, too, with uh, Brie Larson and Jude Law. Initially, I, I you don't really see the bad guy turn there either because they do have a really good back and forth. It's actually pretty funny there too.
2: Yeah, yeah. I thought like all that all the banter at the beginning, and you know how it really establishes establishes really well you know how uh, carol danvers is gonna gonna be throughout the movie you know
1: but i also like how the movie establishes that the other creed don't really appreciate her mouthiness they're just like
2: ugh. one guy tells the other guy that he is objectively good looking
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> or when she says to the other female cree minerva minerva i remember that yeah where she's just like Oh, is that why you hated? Is that why you were always so (laughs) mean? Is that why we never hung out? We never hung out? She goes, no, because I
4: didn't like you. Oh, did they talk about in the movie why half the Cree are like blue and the other half are just human being looking? I mean, I know there's like two different types, but like, is that ever addressed directly in the movie? no i don't think nope. so i think it's just treated just as except that that's how it is okay yeah
5: the word you're looking for is pink pink cre okay i couldn't yeah. remember isn't yeah. that what they're called in the comic yeah that sounds right blue skins and yeah. the pink
1: skins are they like genetically modified versions but I think, or something I think by the supreme intelligence yeah i think they're preferred societally
3: so are they considered pink because their skin is pink or because they're not blue
1: because their skin's pink. Well, oh, uh,
3: so that was my question: is
1: pink the way I think we're pink, you okay. and me?
3: So then, how do they? And this is just me wondering: how do they get around with one, the one Cree that is obviously not either?
4: Oh yeah. Uh, I don't know that Definitely. it comes up. Guy who didn't know Star-Lord was technically none of the above. <laughs> Alright, let's oh. look up his character's name. Guy who <laughs> didn't know Star-Lord. <laughs> guy who didn't yep. know Star-Lord. <laughs> I believe in the credits, that was how he was uh, credited. <laughs> <laughs> it's the
2: only way I can, I'm able to
4: <laughs>
2: figure it out. <laughs> Poor oh, ass.
4: Dang it, oh, I was so close. In my head, not when I said Guy who didn't know Star-Lord. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow. As to why he originally took the role in Guardians of the Galaxy, and so said, I have a four-year-old son who loves superheroes from Spider-Man to Iron Man to Batman. He's got all the costumes. One day he looks at me and says, Dad, I want to be light skinned so I could be Spider-Man. Spider-Man has light skin. That was sort of a shock. This is why I'm excited to be part of the Marvel Universe so I could hopefully provide that
2: diversity in the role of the superhero. Bang.
3: And then he's a villain.
2: But he's objectively good looking, though.
3: <laughs> he is objectively good looking. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, i laugh on the inside but not doing it now or something like
3: that <laughs>
1: Jaimon unsu it's nice to see clark Gregg back though even if he's not in the movie a lot as agent colson that's true although it I...
4: didn't seem like they de-aged him all that much they just give him a little extra hair like that was the extent of the work they did on him compared to I... like the complete cgi job on uh samuel l jackson
1: I don't know. I felt both or all three times watching the movie that they, it felt like they put more effort into de-aging Samuel L. Jackson. Because mm-hmm. Samuel L. Jackson, for the most part, like for me, doesn't really fall into the uncanny valley. Like, okay, I can see the de-aging. Whereas Clark Gregg, like like his scenes, like generally I'm just like, oh, I I feel like I can see the de-aging here. A mm. bit. He's a bit smooth. Yeah. Yeah, it's something about the ways they've done his... The skin around his eyes, I think.
3: Him coming out of the blockbuster, though, and calling Fury, I thought was fantastic.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: so, uh, nobody's here, guys. <laughs> Where'd you guys go?
1: Yeah, and when he lets uh, Nick Fury go, i bet in his head he's like, I'm probably gonna get fired for this.
3: <laughs>
1: and he's like, they're not here, let's check another level. Because they established that he's the new guy. Right. So he's apparently trusting Fury on, like, instinct rather than anything else. On But I thought that-, that was
3: kind of a... Good throwback, knowing you know the TV series, you know of Agents of Shield and all that kind of stuff. But then he Fury's like, "Yeah, he must be trusting his instincts and going against what he's supposed to be doing, or something like that," which is basically exactly what Coulson was all the way through the series.
4: Did uh, did Coulson know there were shape shifting aliens in in play at the same time? Because that that does make that decision to let them go a little more irresponsible in retrospect.
2: Um,
1: I'm going to guess no, because. He hasn't talked to Fury, and obviously Talos in the director's guise doesn't want it to get out that there are shapeshifters because obviously that makes everyone suspicious of
4: everyone else, including him. So So, I guess I don't know if this is better or worse. Why does he think everyone abandoned him at the blockbuster? (laughs) Like, did he ever get an explanation for that? Because if no one ever told him there was a fake Coulson, does he just think no one likes him?
1: Uh, I imagine they would just say, like, our laser tag suspects started fleeing and we had to pursue. I
4: guess that's fair. I mean there was a
1: gunfight. Yeah.
3: Well that whole time it was fake Colson. It wasn't real Colson. Well
5: yeah, but he you know, could have come across the the charred wreckage. I guess he could have oh, helped he was
4: just kind although, of chilling in the blockbuster I guess, yeah, the whole time. Yeah, I mean, he was he <laughs> was gathering some
2: really detailed evidence in there. <laughs> yeah, what does it say about Colson? He doesn't hear the fight going on. on he was like squatted down in like the comedy section.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> He's like, oh, they've got bio down here. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I really like Gemma Chan's character, Minerva particularly at the beginning where she realizes that the the one guy is actually a scroll and kills him that yeah. was great
1: oh yeah that was that was cool of course she dies at the end
5: uh adam uh, yeah that i was disappointed by that um i regret to inform you that biodome
0: is 1996 damn it <laughs> <laughs> And it felt earlier than that. For some reason, I thought <laughs> I yeah.
2: Was <laughs> I think it's just hard like to a imagine a world without that. Biodome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like almost like 1996. Like, it feels late because you'd think they should have known better by that. Or <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> oh, I did like the, the the speaking of Minerva dying so that Gemma Chan can go be an Eternal. I like that uh, Jude Laws lives at the end. So that he could theoretically come back to wreak havoc later on. So ultimately, what'd you think of Captain Marvel? Would you uh, rescue it from the evil Kree and uh, help it find a new home? Or would you say, you know what? The Kree have the right idea and we're going to wipe out the scrolls? I guess I'm asking how many Flerkins out of 10 would you give this movie? Let's start with Charlie so we can get back to back 10s. <laughs> That's
2: the only way.
0: Uh, this- this movie's a lot of fun. I love Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. She's fun to watch because she just has a character who is powerful and knows she's powerful and is enjoying kicking and butt. And uh, I think all of the actors in this movie have great scenes together. Uh, as we mentioned before, it, there's a lot of really good comedy here, too. You know, watching it again, I enjoyed it. Probably just about as much as I did the first time. Uh, I'm going to give it a 9.5 out of 10. When I'm rating these, I usually find a lot of negative things to say, and I just can't find a lot negative to say about this. I don't think it's as good as Into the Spider-Verse, but that's that's about the only negative thing I could say.
1: <laughs> I guess this didn't wasn't groundbreaking new animation styles, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So this is a real uh, was, Mission Impossible 4 for you or five which one would yeah. you say was the greatest movie of all time Five.
0: Oh yeah fallout best movie i've ever seen ever yeah no it was a good time we used to look at charlie's letterboxd
1: and he'd have like three stars four stars two stars three stars four stars like he never went above four except for mission impossible fallout which <laughs> got i think four and a half stars
0: that was such a fun movie to watch in the theater I'm sure it was, but
1: it stuck <laughs> out as like, for some reason, this is your favorite movie of all time, based on your letterbox. It's
5: Got Henry Cavill. Is that the one where he reloads his arms? Yeah. Trailer. <laughs> right, no. so
1: part of me is waiting for the seven movie Mission Impossible box set when they finally finish them, so then I'll watch them all that way.
0: Oh yeah, that's probably a good idea. For,
2: I don't. I really don't know why, but when you said that, I I saw seven tapes. In in a box,
0: <laughs> <laughs> in a slipcase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Charlie, did you tell us what the half a flurkin was?
0: Oh, the half a flurkin is—I guess a full flurkin is one with a Tesseract in it, and a half a flurkin is—is after it vomited it out.
2: All right. <laughs> yeah, I—I I feel like I'm—I'm I'm right there. I thoroughly enjoyed enjoyed Captain Marvel from beginning to end. Brie Larson, Samuel L. Jackson, both great. I really like Brie Larson how she did the good, like snarky humor, and I do think, yeah, the humor was good, but not in like a the quite the typical quippy way. And it just about had everything. I think I'm going to uh, also give uh, Captain Marvel nine and a half flerkins to me it's right it's right up there in terms of my enjoyment right up there with like the ant-man movies and and such just with uh different different style story you know different uh stakes but um just thoroughly enjoyable
5: yeah so uh between the two choices that you gave uh, i think i fell on the latter one which is i would uh help the Kree hunt down the uh evil scroll
1: is that because your comic book biases yeah basically but no did not cater to me exactly (laughs) i mean isn't that what (laughs) all things are yeah no you're right you're (laughs) right you're right
5: the whole point of the scroll guys is that you know they're they're insidious so you know can't get fooled again no um
2: so we were all successfully <laughs> gaslit by this scroll production.
5: Yeah, yeah basically it's the
2: most insidious one <laughs> of all
5: scroll <laughs> propaganda. So uh, this, I enjoyed this movie about a superpowered individual uh, has amnesia, and over the course of the film, turns on the people that uh, you know they thought were their friends at the beginning. So I guess what I'm trying to say is. Uh, this this was a good girl power remake of the 2015 film Hardcore Henry. It, it was fun but ultimately kind of forgettable. I honestly had forgotten most of the plot before rewatching it just now. So I'm going to give it 8 flurkins out of 10. Kind of a a good sort of popcorn flick type thing.
1: It was a real Charlie uh hey, let me list all the things I didn't like, therefore 8 out of <laughs> 10 moments. <laughs> Uh, no, I
5: I, I I compared it to Hardcore Henry. You got What better praise
1: can I give? I guess we don't know. <laughs> only, uh, I think, a third
4: of us have seen Hardcore Henry.
5: <laughs> what? So just me and Charlie?
4: Yeah. Kevin,
1: have you seen
5: Hardcore Henry? I have Henry? not
4: seen Hardcore Henry, no. I'm aware of it. It's the first-person action movie. But... Yeah, I
5: guess you're not allowed to watch it anymore because it's Russian. Sorry, uh, missed damn. your chance. But Kevin, what did you think of this movie?
4: Well, thank you for asking. Um, I I enjoyed the movie overall. Like I commented earlier, it it maybe didn't resonate with me as much as some of the other movies in the MCU. But there's there was still a lot to like. I liked. I mean, really, the origin story elements, both for the character of Captain Marvel and for the, the greater MCU with, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, the Tesseract. I mean, all of that. Yeah, looking at what the scores I've given some of the other movies, I will also give this an 8 out of 10. 8 Flurkins out of 10.
1: It's a really enjoyable movie. I left the theater very happy with it, and my feelings have not really dimmed at all. Part of that, I think, is, you know, the plot's pretty good, the scripting's well done. Like we've talked about, like it's funny. It's naturally funny. And Brie Larson is very charming, but strong in the role. And Samuel Jackson plays Offer really well. And so it's a lot of fun just to watch those two. Like in many ways, they make the movie for me. Like I said, there's a couple weird things that don't quite feel right. Like the the Ronin appearing and then disappearing kind of stuff yeah some of the supreme the Cree supreme intelligence like i get what they're going for but in some ways it's a little like something about it doesn't quite land i think the way they want it to but when i say these these are pretty minor complaints and so ultimately i'm going to give this nine flerkins out of ten just matching with where it fits with some of the other movies and yeah this feels like it's on a par with like ant-man and the wasp or men in black for me so yeah nine out of ten
3: so i haven't done too many of these um, i'm a long time listener couple time caller um,
1: yeah, you got a lot of you got a lot of options your lowest is 2.5 and your highest is 9 you got a lot <laughs> of space to work in
3: um y- you're, yes. you're, you're free <laughs> <laughs> um so my highest that i had ranked before was men in black and i like this movie more than i like men in black in fact i think when we watched men in black this movie hadn't even come out yet
1: yeah, that would be true. Yeah, no, we, we've we definitely long since reached the point where uh, the march is older than the movies we're watching.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm, I'm saying is that I'm looking at this now through a lens of starting to see a lot more movies where they're featuring women as the superpower, as the, the main character, as the kicking butt and taking names, which they've had women, but they've always been... S- um, supporting characters—they've never been the main focus since. And the only one, the other one that I have as a record is Electra, and I'm pretty sure I scored that one at like a four. Um, <laughs> so this was obviously better than Electra. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I think I have seen it now three times. Every time I watch it, I actually get something else from it. This time, this viewing actually really resonated with me. I also now have seen One Room in '84, which means that this movie is even better because. <laughs> just there's such a a stark contrast between the way that wonder woman 84 ended and the way that this ended it's like night and day and i like the way captain marvel ended
1: where she's to use paul's terms hella op yeah
3: (laughs) um i really don't have anything negative to say about this movie at all it's probably one of my favorite movies in fact since this movie i've envisioned myself as Captain Marvel more times than I probably should admit. I'm going to have to give this a 10 Flerken out of 10. It resonated so well with me, especially watching it this time with where um, some of the events in my life that have happened over the you know past couple of uh, years. And it's just, this movie just really makes me want to go out and kick butt.
1: Would you go higher if you could?
3: I would go uh, possibly. Yeah.
1: 11 out of 10.
3: Yeah. I'd break it up to 11. <laughs> It's where the knobs should go. Get them up to
1: 11. I can put 11 on the thing. That's fine. No. No,
3: I'm not going to I'm not going to be the random person that comes in, watches three movies and decides to break your scale.
1: Because I'm that. Cool. <laughs> I, Four we, need to, 2. we need 2.5 5 9
2: 11. <laughs> it would give us all a chance to go back and re-rate everything.
4: <laughs> Someone gave an embarrassed face out of 10 one time, so 11's at least a number. <laughs>
1: That was when Tony was trying to watch Logan and his stream basically crapped out in the last 30 minutes and he'd already had a bad day. And so he was just like, the hell with this, (laughs) but decided to be on the podcast. And then was just like, I don't think I can rate this because I didn't see the end (laughs) like my best efforts. But anyway, uh, thanks everyone for joining us on our 66th installment of the Murray Marvel Movie March. We're now going to jump forward to the end of April 2019, and uh, it's the big event. It's Avengers Endgame, and that'll be the second part of our merry Marvel movie, March Madness. So that's coming up next. Nice, easy, quick, breezy movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we hope you uh, come back for that. I'm Adam Gobeski.
0: And I'm Charlie Wallace. A special thanks to our four marvelous guests. We had Brian Gobeski.
3: Thank you so much for having me. It was fun.
0: Kevin Vredevog. It was a pleasure to be here as always. Doug Gobeski.
3: Thanks. It was great.
0: And
2: Paul Wilcox. I had a marvelous time.
1: Surprised marvelous hasn't come up more often in the Marvel March. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <As a sign-off. laughs>
2: we just needed a movie with actually Marvel in in the title. Well, I guess Marvel is probably technically in the title of a lot of movies, but...
1: Marvel's Doctor Strange. Marvel's
2: Iron Man. Marvel's The Avengers. (laughs) Marvel's Fantastic (laughs) 493. Marvel's (laughs) (laughs) Man-Thing. We take a peek under the sheet. (laughs)
0: Thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Kobeski Walls Report. You can check us out on Facebook or Twitter if you'd like. And of course,
1: you can visit our website, com, which features all of our previous episodes, so you can reminisce about the time that Charlie was attacked by a beaver.
0: I don't think that happens. So many memories. Wait,
4: okay. Can I ask a question about the definition of gaslighting? Does it have to be intentional for it to count as gaslighting? Yes. Mm, okay.
3: I don't know. Because that, I've been that, gaslit, I, and it's not intentional. They've because it's, are, it's are you
5: trying to spell. gaslight me on the meaning of gaslighting? Here?
3: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 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 honestly thinking about this because I've been gaslit so many times, but. I don't necessarily believe the person did it. I'm going to gaslight you like that in type of an intention. There's
1: probably a difference between individual level gaslighting and institutional gaslighting, which is, I'm sure, beyond the scope of this podcast.
5: (laughs) I'm just going to, you know, the source
1: material. Are you attempting to gaslight us on gaslight? That things aren't gaslighting because they don't follow the... No, <laughs> because I'm not adjusting the lighting in the room.
4: It's gaslighting all the way it's down. It's
1: only gaslight if gaslights are involved. <laughs> and you're lying about it, trying to drive someone crazy. No other definition accepted. Correct. It would be all right. LED
5: lighting now.
1: Alright, so then I guess the vote is whether... Are you whether...
3: switching me? <laughs> wow.